Brick and Mortar Reporter, Episode 32. Welcome to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast, where we show you how to build your business brick by brick. Put on your hard hat and grab your tool belt because you are about to enter the construction zone. And now, here's your host, Christy Hostler. Hi there, localists. Welcome to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast. My name is Christy Hostler, and I'm your host, as always. And today, I have Mr. Jim Hickel with us. Now, he's the president of Velocity Telephone. It's in Golden Valley, Minnesota. Now, for those of you in a lot of areas where you don't have a company like this, you're going to be jealous of what Jim's company provides today. Because Velocity Telephone, they're a provider, they're a local company that provides all kinds of telephony services, including voice and data and internet services. And they do it for businesses and for residences. So they've been able to really take um, underserved areas in Minnesota and get the services that they need to those customers that were kind of getting um, shunned a little bit by some of the bigger local, co- the bigger companies there in their local areas. So Jim's got a great story to tell, and he is doing a lot with cloud-based services to meet customers' demands and being able to be flexible with their needs and just really trying to cater their services to the local customers there in Minnesota. So Jim, we're thrilled to have you here with us to share your story. Thanks for joining the podcast today. Well, thanks, Christy. I really appreciate the opportunity. Well, I gave just a very brief overview and just a fraction of what really Velocity Telephone actually does and not much about you yourself, too. But I wanted to start with kind of us getting the story of you first and telling you telling us a little bit about your history, both personally and professionally, and anything that kind of helps to get us to know you better. That sounds great. Um I started off, graduated from college way back when, as they say, <laughs> and uh, I, I kind of knew from day one I was going to be in sales, and that's, I don't know, maybe a little unusual. A lot of people don't go to college and say I'm going to be a salesperson, but right. I kind of knew that that's really what I wanted to do, and um, started off with a with a great company, NCR Corporation, who did okay. just a phenomenal job of training salespeople, uh-huh. and so I had that opportunity um, that's actually what brought me to Minnesota. I became one of their youngest district sales managers, moved, got married and moved the same um, literally week. Uh, oh, wow. My wife probably wasn't as happy about that. But, Surely uh, not. <laughs> no, but that's what brought us to Minnesota originally and uh, kind of had a very stable career for, for the time being. And then you know, everybody kind of hits those times. My wife and I like to call them the macaroni and cheese times of your life where yes. you lose your job and yes. what you do next. And so moved there, um, moved into a position where I got offered a job to run the wholesale division of Fannie Mae Candies out of Chicago. Oh, and, wow. Uh, it, so it's actually what took me back to Illinois for a very short period of time. Loved the company, loved the job, running the wholesale division was a blast. And how can anybody not like candy? I mean, you sure. go to a meeting, everybody loves you. So, <laughs> but I came home one night after work and my wife looked at me and said, um, I'm moving, where are you going to come with? And I said, what? And they just said, I'm not going to raise kids here. And I said, okay, where are we going? And you, you talk about people who had a big, you know, part in your life. The owner... Mm-hmm that time, a Fannie Mae Candy said, Jim, I'll move you back to Minnesota. And he paid to move my wife and I back to Minnesota, and I'm leaving the company. I mean, to me, you just don't see people who do those kind of things to you. No, definitely not. No. And that got me started. I actually, and you're not going to hear this anymore in this day and age, found the job of working for the telephone company out of the paper. Really? (laughs) <laughs> I did. Went to work for U.S. West, who is now, or who was then Quest and now okay. CenturyLink up here in Minnesota. And mm-hmm. during my interview with them, the uh, fire alarm started going off. I was doing a telephone interview with a bunch of people out of Denver. And the proctor came in and said, no, everything's fine, Jim, don't worry. You know, kind of didn't. And I just continued on with the interview. At the end of the interview, they said, 
oh, Jim, what was all that racket? And they said, oh, the fire alarms were going off. They said, you did this interview when the fire alarms going off the whole time? I said, yeah. <laughs> I said, yeah. It, they said everything was fine. I didn't worry about it. They hired me immediately. And the guy who hired me... The guy who hired me said, Jim, he says, you don't know anything about telecom. I said, no, you're right. Um, even though my father, surprisingly, was in the telecom business for 35 years and retired from AT&T. So oh, it was wow. in my blood, in my, kind of in there, um, just didn't realize it at the time. And wow. so they told me they could train me on telecom, and they did. So <laughs> that's what got me to where I'm at today. Um, the owner of the of my current company, and I'm, I'm president of the company. I have two owners who are developers by trade, and who wouldn't be caught dead talking on a podcast. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they always say that's why they hired me. That's it. <laughs> that's it. So they uh, basically said, you know, I want to start a telephone company, and they said, do you think we can do that? So we literally started a telephone company back in 2000 um, to basically provide local voice services. And we were a little dial-up internet company, and I had known the company from day one. I was their account rent manager from day one of them wow. starting the company back in 1997. So I physically came on board in 2004. Those that years between 2000 and 2004 were spent suing Quest at the time to get the right to be able to build redundancies on our... Um, switches and servers and things like that. Wow. And so that's when we started our little telephone company, Velocity Telephone, here in Minneapolis-St. Paul. Wow. Well, can you kind of give us a little bit of a kind of an overview of what Velocity Telephone is and does and and so kind of people can understand how it would apply to them and it, what it would compare to in their areas? I'd be glad to. We have with roots in a dial-up internet company, you know, we have kind of that residential background to our business. Um, mm -hmm. We're a very large dial-up internet company here in the in the upper Midwest in Minneapolis-St. Paul area, and the telephone company was really started to provide services for that. But we had okay. one of those. I like to call them one of those. What do you want to be when you grow up? Meetings. Uh -huh. <laughs> where we said, okay, what's the market doing? Where's the market going? And at that time, we saw the cloud. We saw uh -huh. hosted phone systems. But the right. biggest thing we saw was the advent of fiber becoming much more affordable and really being the, the means to provide services of the future. And we truly adopted that kind of as our way of doing things. We made the choice. We A lot of people, businesses like CLEX or competitive local exchange right. carriers like me, they went what we call the Ethernet over copper route, which we looked at it and said, this has got a shelf life. It's going to die soon. You know, we want something that doesn't have an end, and that's really what fiber is. Nobody has really found that point where fiber isn't going to be the medium that's going to continue for years and years and years to come. Right. Wow. So at this point, you guys kind of serve the local business community. Um, I would say, and I think even some of your words on that, that I've heard are some of the underserved local areas. Is that right? Like, how, how do you guys work with the local business community there that's in correct. Minnesota? We we take care of customers who everybody else ignores. All the big mm -hmm. guys or even a lot of my competitors ignore. Um, our, our systems are built for those small entrepreneurial companies that are going to grow. And I mean, some of my, some of my most favorite customers are ones that I started with two telephones and a basic DSL line and watch them grow to 75, 80, 90 employees wow. over a couple-year period and us be able to grow right with them. So I, I, I kind of equate back to when I got started with USFamily.net, our little dial-up company. You know, mm -hmm. none, of, none of the sales reps in my U.S. West office wanted to deal with them, 
because mm-hmm. they were a startup company. They were, you know, somebody that somebody would just basically ignore. And I frankly didn't care. I'd be more than happy to work with them. And it got me my job today, and it also got us a company that we're really proud of, able to provide great business services to businesses who, like I say, get ignored by everybody else. Right. You know, I, it's funny that you mention that because in my in my real life and my real job, I I manage a contact center for one of those small businesses that has probably about thirty employees um, full time year round, and then we have an off season and a you know a busy season where we ramp up and get a lot of temps in and that sort of thing. And I will tell you, we get the poorest service from our telephone company um we you know it's everyone wants to blame the software and the hardware and that sort of thing and and i don't really understand why there's that segment of the business community that the big companies want to ignore what what is it about that is it just not enough business to be profitable or it's too small to fool with what is it that makes them want to ignore that population yeah you know i I, I don't really know if I have the right answer, but, I, you know, it's kind of like you said. People just want to ignore things, or they go for the easy things. You know, mm-hmm. this market, it's not necessarily easy because you have to do a lot of education with the people you're working with, but you're right. extremely appreciative of it, and that's mm-hmm. what I've always found. I am extremely comfortable going in and talking to any type of, you know, small business. I, mm-hmm. I just met with a guy this afternoon who literally called me at 12.30 and said, Jim, I'm moving to a new business, and I see you've got some fiber near here. Met with him at 1 o'clock, closed the order by 2.30, and he just could not believe all the different services we could put together for them in literally an hour and a half. Wow. That's that's unbelievable because I, I was going to say we've we've just gone through a big move and it you know we we put orders in for moves to to for things to happen in August and it still wasn't done by the end of December and so that's the kind of the kind of interesting thing and I, the other thing I was going to say that's so interesting to me is the businesses that you're talking about are so small that they don't have IT departments and they don't have specific you know telephony technicians there on site many times so I can imagine that your role is so much education in trying to let people know what you need first and how you build out your system and how you um, how everything gets integrated. And if you use this product, then you don't need to use that. But if you choose this one, you've got to have this as a complementary product. And it it is really a tangled web that you have to explain, isn't it? It is, definitely. And, you know, I, I think that comes from one of our strengths of, when you deal with dial-up Internet customers, mm-hmm. I, I consider them the least knowledgeable out there. Right. They're, they're great customers to deal with. And because that's kind of our roots and our history, I think we've just carried that over into our business services and everything that we do. I, I remember when I, when I first started, I mean, we have, we have some very young and very efficient techs. You know, mm-hmm. they're... 26 years old when we first started with this thing and I remember talking to him about you know listen when you know they were afraid of customers calling them and yelling at them because something was broken <laughs> right and the first thing I said to him I said do yourself a favor if you know that their system is down call them they will thank you and they looked at me like I was crazy and I said <laughs> don't trust me on this really this will work and sure enough the first time we had an issue, because I'm going to tell you, in telecom, things break. It just happens yes. all the time. We all know I this. Have downtime, yeah. Yeah, it's down. So, but when we call the customer and say, hey, we see that your circuit's down, sometimes they'll say to us, oh, yeah, we forgot to call you. We were going to work on our phone system. Great. But the fact that we called them mm-hmm. makes people love us even more. It's because Absolutely. of this overall thing that we've put with our techs together that really make us successful. That's incredible. Speaking from someone who would love to have that kind of a company in South Carolina here where I am, <laughs> I would love that. So, <laughs> oh, now, maybe you know, I'll put my sales hat on now. Maybe I can talk to you about a call center system and things like see, that. We, um, absolutely. I actually, I actually shipped been, this down in Naples, Florida, 
and have oh, the owner okay. of the business self-install it for him. So maybe I can help you out there. That's right. You never know because we have been looking at some cloud-based solutions because we've been using a premise-based uh, system and, and got got uh, schooled on that really quickly and, you know, didn't keep up software assurance and that sort of thing. So we've learned our lesson about that. <laughs> so, oh, oh yeah. it's just always one thing after another. It never ends. It really does. Now, Jim, for you personally, have you had any sort of business coach or mentor um, that has kind of helped you in your, your career and uh, specific lessons that you've learned from them along the way? You know, I, I've learned a lot from a lot of people, and, and I, I truly believe you can learn something from everyone that you touch or have contact with. Sometimes it's that. what to do, sometimes mm-hmm. it's what not to do. You know, I, you know, I look back at some of the things that, you know, when I was in the bigger corporations and, you know, them saying, you know, don't waste your time on that and kind of going, that doesn't make sense to me. You know, if I can help mm-hmm. this person, it comes around to me. Um, it kind of gets to, you know, where we really find our leads and our marketing and everything else comes from the fact that people refer us. Well, they mm-hmm. refer us because we take good care of them. But all of my mentors, you know, my my original manager, you know, taught me a lot of things about, you know, how to manage people, how to manage accounts, how to dream up things. My first sale was selling traffic tickets to the Illinois Association of Chiefs of Police in Illinois. They had never bought bought a form in their entire life, never bought a traffic ticket in their entire life. And I came to them with this little idea saying, you know, all these cities are paying three, four hundred dollars a thousand for traffic tickets. I said, why don't you buy them from me at forty dollars a thousand and sell them to everybody? They funded their entire organization by oh just <laughs> buying traffic tickets. So unique <laughs> things, you know, that people have kind of shown me think outside mm-hmm. of the box, think a little bit Absolutely. differently for what people I love are doing. that. Yeah. You know, I think sometimes people are afraid to to step outside of that box and and you know come up with something unconventional. And I guess, you know, I guess it takes a certain amount of confidence in order to do that. Sometimes, you know, to approach. I mean, because you approach that chief of police with, I mean, let's just face it, it was a crazy idea, you know. It was. But it's just crazy enough that it's like, oh my gosh, that is a great idea. And why is nobody doing this already? You know, so I love seeing things that are win-wins and being able to say, you know what, this, I don't need anybody to tell me that it's okay to do this. It doesn't like, it's not like I'm waiting for someone to say this is okay in the business rules, you know, and I can do it. So I love that you just kind of have that atmosphere where you think outside the box and propose sometimes crazy solutions to problems that people didn't even know they had and create a win-win. Love that story. Now, what business accomplishment in your career are you most proud of? Uh, No doubt it's it's Velocity Telephone and what we're doing right now. I, I look back on my career and everything that I've done has brought me to this point. You know, mm. where I'm comfortable enough to run a telecommunications company, handle all the regulatory issues, which are sometimes Man. the norm. <laughs> um, and I will tell you, the state of Minnesota is really killing me this year. They, We thought they'd have one telecom bill. They've got like 13 of them now. Oh, wow. So, you know, it's those things that, excuse me, are the distractions to mm-hmm. what I really like to do, which is working with my customers, working with customers who have services, who have needs, and, and providing those type of things. But definitely, Velocity is the thing I'm most proud of. Excellent. Glad glad it's, you, you know, you've kind of feel like right now where you are is the, the pinnacle, so to speak, of, of what you've done. And I love it when you can look back on your path and your journey and say, you know, well, I was over here and this is what I learned from that experience. And then that led me to this next step. And you you can kind of plot it out all along the way and see that, yes, it took you exactly where you were supposed to be. And that's where you are right now. So I love love that. It sure doesn't seem like it sometimes. No, it seems like you're way out 
You're crazy. What am I doing over here? But I had mentioned earlier I ran the wholesale division of a candy company, and while I was explaining to the business owner today who was a little bit non-technical about a more technical service, I kind of said to him, I said, yeah, this is my candy explanation of telecom. And he laughed. And it, it, uh-huh. But it puts people at ease as far as, you know, okay, I'm going to try. It's not, we're not all experts in everything. I'm not an expert in everything. But you know what? We, we have people who can help us. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I think sometimes you get... You get in business situations where people throw all these crazy acronyms at you, and they, you know, do you need your, do you need an ACD? Do you need a server? Do you need an NEC? Do you need, you know, and you just think, I don't even know what all these things are. So how am I even going to make a decision? And then it's overwhelming. So to have somebody that is going to help educate you and not use that to kind of take advantage of you and put you in um, systems that are way more than you need for, you know, your business needs. Um, I think that's a great a great value proposition for your business. So I love that. Now, Thank you. with with your local emphasis there um, on where, because because at this point you guys mainly can serve in Minnesota, right? Is that where you're um, regulated for service? That's correct. We're mostly regulated okay. there. Although now with the rule changes of VoIP providers, voice over IP providers. We do sell some services nationwide, but they are limited, you know, in, in what we can do. And, and we're limiting it because we want to be able to support those people outside of it. Sure. So for the most part, the metro Minneapolis, St. Paul, and Minnesota are our main, main areas of business. Gotcha. So whenever you are trying to um, market to that area, what type of marketing strategies are you guys using that you're finding work for you right now? This is always my most interesting question. My wife is in marketing and I'm in sales, and we have that sales marketing uh. <laughs> discussion a lot in our household. But, uh, you know, I, I look at my marketing and, and, and go, okay, I have a very limited budget. I have two gorillas in the room with Comcast and CenturyLink, you know, mm-hmm. who sponsor every sports team, who basically can spend money like it's going out of style. Race you know, cars I've and got, everything else. You name it, they can do it. So I've got to be very intelligent and very smart as far as where I go. Referrals are my key component. And I ask for referrals from every one of my customers, and every one of my customers are gracious about giving them to me. They're very gracious about saying, you know, here's a guy who I do business with. We do spend a lot of time uh, with our local regional chambers. We don't get involved with the statewide chambers and things like that, but areas where we can get, you know, personally involved with the businesses in, in given areas. And we've also found some unique organizations, the Metro Independent Business Alliance, which is a, a national bi-local uh, campaign. We have been heavily involved with them. And because we're a locally owned Minnesota business, those people have the same mentality we do of buying locally. And we buy from them locally and they buy from us. So those are some of the key areas that we focus on in, in working with people. And you've got to look for those organizations. They don't always just kind of jump out at you and go, oh, this is going to be a good one to go into. Mm-hmm. Um, but those kind of things really have helped our business grow. Well, you're not the first um, person in a small business um, that has said that word-of-mouth referrals are their biggest source of new customers. And I think that is so um, that is so key, especially for consumers, to realize that you absolutely have a lot of influence over someone else's choices for how they're going to consume by recommending the places that you've had a good experience with. But the thing that I love the most is I love that you talk, talked about how you, you you go after and you proactively ask your customers for the referral. Now, I think that's something that not everyone is completely comfortable doing. Right. And, and it, maybe it's because we're very comfortable at doing it because mm-hmm. we, we, we believe we give great customer service to people. And if, mm-hmm. you, if you don't have, if I, if I don't ask them for a referral and they don't give me one, something's wrong and i got to fix it with that customer. Because mm-hmm. if I'm doing everything great for them, they're happy to talk about me. So it's, it's like I say, kind of like telling my salespeople, proactively tell the customer that we have an issue here 
and they will react positively to you. They love those kind of things and will do business with you. And you know the good thing about it, we used to be, my, my owners wanted us to be the low-cost provider on everything, and, and we still have that mentality about everything. But you know what? We've been able to sell some things at a little bit higher margins now because of the fact that people say your service is worth it. Better, yeah. So let me ask you this. Just from your experience, if there is a business owner that is struggling um, with how and when and what method do you go through to get a referral from a customer, could you just give them a couple of tips on the be- the, the timing and the best way that you go about getting those referrals from your customer? For me, it's a constant process. You know, kind of from day one, when I'm signing the order with them, I'm, I basically say to them initially, you know, we're, we hope we do a great job with you. We want you to tell us if we do do a great job. We want you to tell us if we don't do a great job so that we can fix it for you. And we are going to ask you to, you know, if there's anybody else that you do business with that would benefit from our services. So we literally mm-hmm. started very early in the process. Okay. And then... As the process is going along, we do checks with them during implementation, and then finally after implementation. And so, if you're if you're asking it, you generally have to ask three or four times, you know, for those referrals, and they'll get more comfortable because they've heard it from you three or four times, mm-hmm. and then they're more than happy to refer their their friends and business associates to what you do. Mm-hmm. So essentially, you're prepping them all the way. You set the expectation up front that we're going to give you such great service that you're going to want to tell people, and we're going to expect you to either tell us what we're doing wrong or tell us who else we can help with the service. Then you go through the process of doing the installation or setting up services, whatever it is that they're getting, and then you, you've visited that several times throughout the course of uh, the relationship, and then in the end, once the installation is done, the service is up and running, the contract is complete, and the ink is dry, then you can go back and say, now, are there other people that you work with that could benefit from having this kind of service? Correct. And okay. when, you, when, you're, when I'm in an environment like I'm in right now, I mean, they can see the big guys advertising every day on the TV, and you know, I basically mm-hmm. say, oh, how am I, how am I going to compete with that? I need your help. You know, they yeah. want to be physically strong and financially strong also, Absolutely. Well, and I think, you know, back from the old days of the, you know, residential telephone service being, um, you know, after the divestiture and, and things got very competitive, what we saw is the big telephone companies offering the biggest incentives for switching. You know, and and all these promotions would get thrown at getting new customers, and then all the current client base was over here in a rage, filing complaints with the FCC right and left because their you know their service is terrible, they're getting cut off, you know, all these problems that they would have, and so I think you know the mentality that you treat or, or you know that you're treating your existing customers better than you could ever treat anyone um, in order to get service. You know, I saw an article today on Twitter. It was talking about um, servicing customers who get you customers. And that's Mm -hmm. exactly what you're doing is you're servicing those customers in order to get the next customers and then continuing to provide that great service, not just I got you to switch and I've got you now and so you're stuck, you're in a contract or whatever with me and I can treat you any way I want and then I can go out and give someone a bigger and better incentive for them to come and switch to me. I love that you're providing service all the way along. So it's rare in in the industry (laughs) for anywhere, I think, you know, so I love that. So, I, I as, definitely love to take care of my current customers, and we've actually, we've actually, if we have a promotion, we will offer it to our current customers also, and they mm, are even within their contract period. So, if wow. you know, yes, if 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 we've lowered our prices on something else, we will definitely reward our current customers with those opportunities also. I love that. So let me ask you this. Do you do a lot of um, networking and that sort of thing within your local um, business community? Definitely. Those are the two big areas. Um, our, our regional chambers, and, and we had to, you know, we kind of had to decipher those. 
the smaller mm-hmm. chambers that are in areas, you know, that you're really doing marketing. And we picked one where we, we started building our fiber for the first time. And it was nice. It was multiple, multiple communities, but the smaller communities, not the Minneapolis and the St. Paul's of the Twin Cities, but the mm-hmm. smaller suburban communities. And we, we have a rule if we can't be involved with that group, and, and actively involved with that group, we don't join the group. So okay. not only am I a part of that chamber group, I run the business owner roundtable group in that chamber group that started. Okay. So I meet with, you know, about 20 business owners once a month where we're small business owners. We talk about our businesses, um, and we make sure that it's, you're not with any competitors in the room. Mm-hmm. But you're able to kind of talk about your business and share things. You know, I've never made a sales presentation to any of those people in there, but they've called me and said, I want to buy your service. You know, oh, wow. so through being actively involved in the chamber, working with those kind of things, being an ambassador, welcoming new businesses into the chamber, those kind of things. And then the other groups, you know, that I'm a part of, the Metro Independent Business Alliance, which is the bi-local group, you know, mm-hmm. meeting with them, going to their networking events, you know, talking with them on a regular basis, offering them services, say, you know, if, if you'd like me to take a look at your phone bill, you know, I'll be happy to take a look at it and tell you if you're everything you're doing fine. And there's a number of customers who have never bought from me, but I've looked at their phone bills and said, you know what, you got a good service right here, right now. I wouldn't change anything. You know, wow. those type of things go a long way to building your credibility sure. in organization. Where they say, you know what, I never bought from Jim, but you know what, if I if I could have, I would have. You know, those mm-hmm. really help you as an organization. Well, and I think whenever you're out doing that sort of thing. Um, people begin to see that you have integrity and that you have, you know, values as a person that also carry into your business. And and that's what I find so much with local businesses is that there's just there's a lot of care and a lot of value on integrity. And I love that um you're out mixing and and doing these things with the local business owners to try, you know, every business owner has a different experience with their own business and your business is probably very different than the people you're meeting with, but the problems are going to be the same. And so to be able to mix with them and even go to the point of saying, you've got a great service and I wouldn't change it is is kind of not very salesy, right? It's not. not very, some people say, Jim, you're not a very good salesperson. And other people say, Jim, you're a really good salesperson. Yeah, exactly. But you know that the minute those people have a need, they're going to come to you first because they trust you. They do. You know, and, and they'll trust your company if, if they know that you're the one that's been the connector between that. And I think, you know, too, Jim, it's it's interesting to talk about how critical those networking opportunities are for local businesses because um, many times business owners get so busy working in their business that they don't have time to kind of look up and look outside into the, the business community right around them um, to get answers and get help. And it seems like everybody that I talk to is just so willing to sit down and answer questions or help another struggling business owner. And do you find that within the groups that you're with, that there's just a very open, it's more a collaboration than a competition? Oh, very much so. Like the business owner roundtable group, one of, one, of my, one of the funnest moments we had was one of, the, one of our newer members had never fired anyone before. Oh, and, wow. You know, so obviously he's a little bit younger than me. And several of the other people in the group, but and we're all like, okay, <laughs> here's what you know. Tell us what you were going to do, and and he started saying, well, it's going to be Friday. We're going to no, no, stop right there. Don't fire on Friday. You're going to fire either Thursday or Monday. <laughs> and he was like, well, why? And, and you know, so we yes, we helped him through that process, and it it worked out for him. Obviously not for his employee, but it worked out for him. And it was, those are very difficult situations, but to have mentors or people that you can trust, who you know, can help you through those types of situations are great, great assets to have. 
Absolutely, and a great support system just for those types of things. Because honestly, sometimes the thing that your personality is the most comfortable with is is not at all what like an accepted practice of that sort of thing is. You know, sometimes people that aren't confrontational really struggle with being blunt and putting it out there, but at the same time, not giving a lot of room for it to evolve into a bigger, you know, bigger mess than it already is. So I can see how it would be extremely valuable for all the facets of your business to be able to talk about it with other people that have gone through it. So now I was going to ask you about the course of, of your career and as you look back on it. And is there anything that if you had the chance to change that you would actually go back and change if you could? You know, I thought about that a lot. I think you do as you get older. I don't know why that yeah. is. But, yeah, you know, I have kind of reflected back. But, you know, even even the worst of times that I had, I look back on and go, I wouldn't be what I am today if that hadn't happened to me. Because mm-hmm. it taught me this. And sometimes, right. it's a, like I say, sometimes it's a negative thing that it teaches you. Most of the time, it's a great learning experience for what you do. It allows you to reevaluate what you want to do. Where do you want mm-hmm. to go? Not just with your life, but with, you know, everything that you're doing in the future. So have you had any of those, um, I don't even want to call them failures, but those obstacles or things that were presented in your path that you really had to learn from and learn some serious lessons from that you could share with another listener that might be going through the same type thing? You know, they are failures, you know, and none of them have been so overly, you know, that they've just wiped me out completely. You know, and right. it hasn't been something that, you know, you go, okay, this is an issue. How do I address this? Uh-huh. Um, even recently, we had one of my largest customers who was acquired by a much larger company. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this, this, this company was a, a large percentage of our revenues coming in as a company. Uh-huh. And we, you know, we did everything we could, and we still knew that we weren't going to be able to keep this customer because they were just going to go with the systems that they had in place, the services that they had in place. They were outside of the metro area. They had never had any dealings with us, even though everyone in this other organization talks so highly of us and mm. they some of the things. We knew that that failure was going to happen for our company. Right. But... Even to this day, you know, when when the guy called me to say, Jim, you know, we're making this decision, and I said, you know, I I was expecting it, and mm-hmm. he said, oh, I will tell you, you made it very difficult for us. And, you know, yeah, it's coming in second, and it's hard failure. <laughs> it's hard to take, but you know mm-hmm. what? You feel good about all the things that you did, and. You know, how many times does a company call you and apologize for leaving you? Right, yeah. Most of them <laughs> just want you out of there. Just kick them out. You know, Can't wait to celebrate. <laughs> you know, my customers are calling me and saying, Jim, I'm really sorry to tell you this. And, I, you know, and, and to me, that's business, so I get it. Yeah. You know, if, if I was in their situation, would I make the same decision? Probably. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I can go through and logically go through their entire scenario and say, okay, this is what we need to do to make these things happen. But, you know, it's hard on a small business. So you've got to look at those as growth moments for your organization and say, okay, what can you do to get better? How can you go after these, you know, different size accounts? And and we started to do that. We started to go after some bigger opportunities Mm -hmm. to help fill those voids. And luckily, we have done so threefold already this year. So we've had wow. a great start to this year. Well, you know, I hadn't even really, it hadn't even dawned on me until you just said it, but the a lot of the target market that your company serves in the business world is prime for takeovers, buyouts, or even just completely going out of business. Yep. And so you're not even really just having to worry about losing your customers to your competitors. 
you're worried about having to lose them to completely circumstances that are completely beyond your control. And right. it, that never even dawned on me. It's a uh, hard we, thing to insulate. <laughs> we we had a very a very close friend of mine and customer of mine. They were the first Apple store in the country here oh, in Minneapolis. Wow. So an Apple computer wasn't Apple computer like they are today. Mm-hmm. Um, they were the first Apple store. 75 employees just closed its doors recently. Oh, wow. Why? You know, you've got a large corporation opening up an Apple store three or four blocks from where this organization has been, you know, for probably 35 years. Wow. So it's, you know, you see things like that, yes, nothing out of his control. And and he's calling me, and he is broken up, saying, you know, Jim, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, you know, whatever you need to do, man, I, you know, I'm here to help you. So sure. how can we make these things, you know, the happen? Is it going to happen no. in, in this day and age? Yes. I mean, there are tons mm-hmm. of pressures on small businesses today. And they're not making it any easier on us, I'll tell you that. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, and it's heart-wrenching to see your customers and the customers that you've had relationships for so many years go through those things. I know that, you know, that's that probably feels a little bit like a, a sense of, you know, have a sense of loss as you go through and lose those customers out of your customer base forever. Right. Uh, you know, this is one of the hardest things, and this is, this happened yet this year, just recently, and, you know, you know things like this are going to happen, but, yeah, they, they affect you personally, and uh-huh. it makes us think about our business, too. You know, sure. We make sure we're staying to, true to what we are and, and still being that conservative organization that's going to continue to be here over time. Sure. And that that does put it all in perspective for you. And, you know, because it is any time and I, in the local business communities that I have been able to do interviews with business owners in, there's a sense of loss any time another local business goes out of business because it's, it's part of your community. And to have that go away, it's like losing part of your family. So I know that affects you and your business just just from having to go through that. So now one of the things that we like to do because we get the opportunity to talk to small business owners all over the country and many of the people that are listening to these podcasts are people that would love to jump out into um, small business ownership and they're trying to find their entrepreneurial spark, right? And so they're looking for a niche. And so what I wanted to ask you, the same as I ask all the business owners, is is there a hole in the market that you've identified? In other words, are there products or services that you would love to be able to source locally, but you just simply cannot find them in your area? For, for me, you know, finding, finding those local businesses to fill those niches, this is a tough one for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we found those niches by providing local service, local attitude to everything that we're doing. When my competitors have call centers, you know, out overseas, you know, we always say you can call the Minnesotan in, in Golden Valley type thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, you, you bring that local flair to what you're doing. Um, you know, I find the, you know, the, the niche that we found was our, as we call it, that moment of what do we want to be when we grow up, finding mm-hmm. that what's the product that's going to be there long term to what we're doing. Because as I look back at our company, we started as a dial-up Internet company, and yes, I still have dial-up customers today. Don't laugh at them. They paid my bills for a long time. Absolutely, absolutely. And so then we went into the DSL and kind of the resale, the tra- what I call the traditional competitive telephone company stuff. And then we said, you know, we've got to do something to stand on our own. And mm-hmm. that, that's the business we found with the fiber and the hosted phone system and now we're starting to add some other new opportunities in there. Um, we're filling a niche um, here locally. We're in the process of acquiring a small fiber-to-the-home company that's going to okay. bring 
more products to what we're doing. We'll be able to provide video services. Oh, wow. That, you know, the triple play of voice, video, and data in a residential market, you know, that comes back kind of full circle to our dial-up company. Sure. Um, We're we're providing services to, you know, the, the home users who truly love us in that environment. But it also opens up a market for me of, being able to go into, against some very large national players into apartment and condo development, student housing development, uh, ah. housing development, where I can provide solutions to all of them. These are some of the sure. new niches that I've gotten into, you know, where you, you kind of, you have to find those markets that, you know, people aren't serving, especially if you're a local business. If, mm-hmm. if they're only being served by national players, try to look for those opportunities. I think those are I really see. key. Yeah, and you know, many times people that are the customers in those local areas that only have very limited national choices will be so glad to rid themselves of that company in order to go with a local player just because just because it's not the other guy. <laughs> you know, it doesn't even really matter what you are, you're not the other guy, so you're getting the business. So. <laughs> well, I, I thank some of the big guys in my territory for being the way they are because they keep yeah. me in business. <laughs> Absolutely. So I thank them every day for their service. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> they continue to keep going that way. <laughs> yeah. We'll take it however it comes, won't we? <laughs> So what is the next step for Velocity Telephone? Well, kind of the, the the next step for us is how do we broaden the footprint of the products that we're doing. This little this acquisition that we're doing is really going to help us, I think, kind of fill out what we are as an organization. We can provide the residential services. We can provide the business services that we're doing today and bringing all those pieces together. This is this is a big step for us this year. It's a long, arduous process, I'll tell you that. It's taken approximately a year now to kind of wow. bring to fruition, but it definitely fills out what we're doing as an organization. And, and we've even used the word legitimize, you know, legitimize okay. what we are because, you know, you're, sometimes I feel like I've been a, a, an eternal startup because I keep transforming <laughs> what we're doing, but those are the growth steps that we know we needed to do in the in the path that we set ourselves on. Wow. Well, I'm I'm glad to see that you're growing and expanding and offering you know more services and um, really just looking for ways to continue to grow your customer base because I know that's so you know that's so critical for anybody's survival and acquiring another company is a big step for a little, you know, a smaller company. And that I know has probably been, you know, second guessed a hundred times before. (laughs) Yes, exactly. But, you know, that's a tough decision. The same way many local business owners, you know, it's on a different scale, but they struggle with, you know, when is the time to actually hire somebody else? You know, when can I sustain that? Or when is the time to open a second location? You know, it's the same thing. When is it time to acquire another company that could actually increase our portfolio of products and complement what we're already doing. I mean, it's it's all kind of a, a horse of this, a, the different color, but still, it's heart wrenching decisions for the local businesses. And you think if we mess this up, what kind of damage do we do? So I know it's it's, it's probably good. Being, if it's a taken, being a conservative company, that you talk about it coming up a hundred times. I kind of went, yeah, just in just today, it came up probably a hundred <laughs> times. Wow. Wow. Well, one of the things that I like to do before I let you go um, is because you've been so generous to us and sharing um, your experience and some things that you've learned along your journey that other people can 
take and hopefully apply to their journey and learn from. I wanted to give you the opportunity to promote anything you want going on with Velocity Telephone because I know we'll have some listeners in Minnesota. Um, they might not be using your services. Uh, there might be other listeners all across the country that could tap into some of your cloud-based products and that sort of thing and would be glad to give that business if it's not given to a local company in their area because they don't have that option, but just being able to give that business to another local company that is involved in a community somewhere is sometimes preferable to going with a national chain and that sort of thing. So what can we give you the opportunity to promote with the Lusty Telephone? Well, definitely. If you're a Minnesota-based company, uh, especially here in the Metro Twin Cities area, you know, please come to us and talk to us about this, your voice, video, and data services that you're needing. Um, we have some great fiber solutions. I've got some wonderful partnerships, even with some of the bigger players, to be able to kind of put some things together that are very unique in the marketplace. Our hosted phone system would be a great product, not just for someone here in the Minnesota area. I'm still going to try to sell you later on tonight, I'm sure. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, we, we do have the ability to provide that service on a nationwide basis, you know, like you say, we're we're a little more conservative with it just because we want to make sure we provide great service to an end user. But we are comfortable enough to work with people in you know in other parts of the country who might be interested in a hosted phone system. And we do have a complete call center package built into our module because we were an alpha customer and we had to basically have our call center run on it. So gotcha. we've got a great little product that we have developed from scratch. Some people go, Well, your product is I had one guy said, your product's half the price of everybody else's. And I said, mm -hmm. okay. He said, well, why is that? And I said, well, we're not paying licenses to anybody. Absolutely. We've developed this. We're a development company. So that's a product. Those two products are the things that we really see as our future and definitely want to be able to kind of work with, you know, anywhere, people anywhere. Wow. Well, that's, that's great. I definitely want to um, – what we always do on the show is once uh, I get everything on the web, I end up putting up show notes where everyone can get in uh, touch with you or find out where you are on the web. So we want to link up to all those places. So where are you guys on the web that we can find you? Our main website is at Velocity Telephone. That's V-E-L-O-C-I-T-Y telephone.com. So all one word. And we're in the process of updating. Obviously, we put some new things up there just today. Uh, mm -hmm. So definitely, if you want to learn a little bit about fiber services, if you want to learn a, bit, a little bit about hosted voice and cloud services, all those things we can help you with. Perfect. Well, we will definitely put a link on the show notes to your website. And, Jim, you've been an absolute pleasure to talk to. You're just a very congenial fella and just real easy to talk to and share very honestly about your journey. And I just appreciate the time you spent with us tonight talking about where you've been and where you're going. Well, Christy, we appreciate the opportunity. We we love working with places like you, you know, give us a give us a voice in the marketplace and we appreciate your time also. Thank you. Absolutely. Well Jim, you have a fantastic evening again. Thanks so much. I couldn't it couldn't have been more fun for me tonight. Well thanks. I had a great time also. Localist, I need your help. If you've appreciated this podcast today, I need you to go to iTunes, leave a rating, leave a review, tell us what you think about the podcast. It is so important for us to expand our reach to be able to have those iTunes ratings and reviews. That way, other people can find us much easier whenever they're looking for things about local brick-and-mortar businesses. So go to iTunes, leave us a review, leave us a rating. You cannot imagine how important it is to us. You can find show notes to everything we discussed in this podcast on our website. So go there. It's www.brickandmortarreporter.com. You can see all the links to anything we discussed. And also you can leave us any comments or any questions that you have. It's the best way to get in touch with us. Thank you for listening to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast, where we build businesses all day long with no permits. Remember, local businesses are the backbone of our economy. So, whenever you have the opportunity, choose local.